You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There you are, Kaz. Hey, thanks for covering the store for us, buddy, pal, old friend. We owe you. Uh, actually, we don't. We gave him the parts. Technically, he owes us. So, where are you guys going that you need me to run the store? Oh, it's a long story with a tragic ending. We're visiting my mother. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode, Dangerous Business. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and unfortunately, my trusty co-pilot is out of commission. He took a lightsaber to the eye, and uh, so he's healing up, but I, uh, they say that he'll actually have uh, better vision when he's done. Uh, Matt's actually, he's, he's, he's getting uh, some, some lasers shot into his eyeballs to fix uh to fix his eyes uh so he uh he can't look at a computer screen right now which makes it a little bit difficult to read a recap so uh so pitch hitting we've got uh our regular i i uh i would say rebel cells fan favorite i uh guest co-host jonah marie from the geeky bubble coming in to to fill in for matt uh thank you for joining us jonah marie Thanks again for having me. And oh man, it sounds like he's going to come back with like Canaan like vision. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit jealous, except also I don't ever want lasers pointed at my eyeballs. Um, no, no, no. Not on purpose. I know you wear glasses as well, right? So you, yes, you, I, I do. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I've thought about it a lot. I have terrible vision. Um, and I, I, I mean like not, uh, not super, super bad, but, but like pretty bad. Um, uh, but I, I, people are like, oh, why don't you get laser? And I'm like, because the idea of somebody, first of all, okay, the laser is actually not the bad part. The bad part is where they actually have to like cut the the lens or whatever and like peel yeah. it back so that they can shoot the laser in. And I'm like, no, no, thanks. No, nope. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and like, you have to like be awake for the whole thing. And it's just like, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, yeah, so uh, I I applaud Matt, uh, but I mean anybody who knows anything about Matt knows that he's uh, he's got just a little bit more of the uh, the gumption <laughs> than I do. Uh, that's what it takes to to do his job. So uh, you know, graphic designer, it's not really one that calls for uh, 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 a lot of uh, I don't know. Willpower is not the right term, but you know, sort of that. Uh, 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 I definitely don't have the courage for it. No, not no. me. <laughs> yeah. So, so Matt's uh, Matt's taking care of that. He should be back next week. Um, uh, it's actually really surprising how fast the recovery is from something like that. But uh, I guess they've got it down to a science. So he'll be listening to this podcast, which I uh, which is an interesting thing. It's all, I always forget when he's not on that like he started as a listener, right? So. When he isn't on the episode, that's an opportunity for him to just listen to me talk and not have to talk back and interrupt me um, <laughs> so that I don't drone on and on and on. But uh, I, he'll get to listen to this episode. So uh, I hope you're enjoying this episode 
and I hope that uh, uh, your eyeballs you can see. aren't too itchy, and you, you can see. Um, and uh, <laughs> we'll get you. Uh, we'll get you one of those. Uh, one of those J guy uh, advisors that you can put over your uh, your face. Uh, That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, although I think that Matt would probably end up bumping into a lot more than Kanan did, but uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, man, anytime, and I, I think uh, oh, somebody, I, I think it was you, you were talking to somebody on Twitter the other day about about Kanan and about missing Kanan, and I was I was uh, liking all of your tweets back and forth because um, man, I miss Kanan every day. Uh, oh gosh, what a great character. It's it's crazy. So like I I know that there are a lot of people out there who like Kanan, but I think that that you're kind of up there uh, in the fandom w- with me of like like he's one of the best characters in Star Wars. I know you're an Ezra fan first and foremost, but heck yeah. <laughs> but I know that you also agree that like Kanan, like like and, and in my opinion, kind of has no business being from uh, an animated series and and all that stuff it's like and and just like the whole like cowboy jedi thing like at, at first it was like oh, i don't know how i feel about all this i kind of like i was kind of hoping that this show wouldn't have any jedi in it and and uh, and all that when when rebels was sort of being teased and then mm-hmm. kanan goes on to be like like one of my top five star wars characters of all time right like yes. like up there with like han solo and obi-wan and poe dameron and it's just like and then they take him away from us and it's not fair you know (laughs) it's totally not fair and he's just he was just so good at the jedi thing without really knowing that he was good at the jedi thing (laughs) that is i think that is the key right like kanan had like this natural ease with the force and it goes back to um uh in the comic uh actually i guess it's i think it's in new dawn as well right in the prologue to new dawn he talks that's the one where where um he has the conversation with Obi-Wan and gives Obi-Wan the idea. The idea, that yeah. That he has to go back and and uh, and reprogram the 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 guy uh, return home signal, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I it's stuff like that where where it's like Kanan Kanan to me was almost like like Qui-Gon reborn and and like I think that's in that scene, that's kind of in that book, that's what Obi-Wan is kind of um, clicking on he's like oh you don't think the way the rest of the jedi think um, that's a brilliant way to think about it oh my gosh qui-gon yeah. reborn <laughs> yeah because he is very much of like the living force and balance and um and 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 due to circumstance less than ideology he sort of bucks the trend of of the jedi order right um and he's yeah. a little bit more prone to action than than talking um but yeah, I mean, like I, I feel like that character uh, really kind of like syncs up with that school of thought. And Qui Gon's one of my favorites as well. I mean, like I think Qui Gon's so underrated. I'm so excited about the novel, the Qui Gon Obi Wan novel. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, so I'm just geeking out about. He'll continue to live on in our hearts. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing is that there's <laughs> and there's still actually like there are still big gaps in his story. Um because the comics get you to a certain point the the last pattern which i talk about all the time and if you haven't read them go read them. they're so good they are the best in my opinion like the the very top best comics that have been produced by by marvel uh since the disney uh acquisition um agreed and, and i mean like there's been some pretty cool stuff because like the lando comic was really good as well there's been a lot of really cool stuff in the vader comics but the the last padawan to me felt like more rebels episodes like it just it actually and it actually kind of it flips it like the first two or three actually it's like the first volume is kind of more clone wars it's more like episodes of clone wars yes and then yeah. the second volume is like rebels and it's kind of this perfect gap like like bridge of the gap between the clone wars and star wars rebels to get you there so like there's but there's still more after the point in the comics up until a new dawn and then even from a new dawn to the beginning of star wars rebels we still don't have the details of how sabine and zeb 
came to be part of the squad and and exactly all that, right? so. yeah so if they're doing this Qui-Gon novel they can certainly do one of Keenan down the line exactly. so exactly. never give up hope yeah. <laughs> when you're at Star Wars Celebration uh, in a couple of months I uh, just go yell at somebody at uh <laughs> I don't know one of the panels. I'll, I'll put I'll put it in their ear like hey yeah, hey you yeah. should do a novel based on this character just FYI <laughs> yeah yeah there's at least two people that will buy it uh, exactly yeah <laughs> guaranteed <laughs> guaranteed um awesome well we're actually gonna talk more about resistance uh today than we are <laughs> Star Wars Rebels because Rebels has been done for a while but um this is your first time on talking about resistance obviously since it's halfway through the first season. Um, and I'm, but before we jump into, there's a couple of pieces of news that are just little pieces of news, but before we jump into that, I just want to get your, um, sort of overall opinion on star Wars resistance this far in the season. How, how do you feel about where it's at? I think, I think it's still trying to find itself because, Mm -hmm. I think someone actually earlier on Twitter had been talking about the series and how the marketing side of it had pitched it to us as more of a racing type show as a yeah. more of a pilot type show. And, and we have gotten some of that, but it hasn't really been that all along. It's been more about Kaz's journey mm-hmm. and him working for the resistance and him trying to find himself in all of this, everything that's happening. And even though I've been enjoying it, I've been loving the show. It it cracks me up every week. I I can definitely see where people are at with the, with that argument. Like where's Mm -hmm. the, you know, where's all the racing and whatnot that we were kind of promised. And I I hopefully we'll see some of that this season, this second half of the season, Mm -hmm. Uh, before all the first order thing things kick in so um i i personally i've been enjoying it and um and, and i hope to see more of kaz's uh you know bumbling around because <laughs> <laughs> that's just just who he is that's kaz and mm-hmm. no one's going to change that <laughs> yeah i i think um Early on in the season, I was sort of apprehensive about a lot of things because I was kind of like, well, exactly what you're saying. It's like, where's the racing? What's going on? Um, my my go-to has kind of been the, the, the PR line about how Kaz is like a baby bird on land, but once he's, you know, you get him behind the... the, the the controls of a starfighter and get him in the sky and and uh, that's where he sort of you know I, I like shows off that's where that's where he's at his best mm-hmm. and and I'm always like like okay yeah I get that but also you never put him in a cockpit <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there's like four episodes so far in the first season where he's actually doing some flying and and whenever he is he is always really impressive like in last week's episode um, it was fantastic, and they did such a good job with uh, with the the starfighter action with the aces and the fireball. Yeah, but, um, but it is so few and far between. For instance, this episode, dangerous business, where he's like, he, I guess the 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 escape pod has a is a cockpit of sorts, but like he just goes <laughs> not, in a straight not what line. We had in mind, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but that said, um, and this is what I tweeted earlier today. Um, they, I feel like they are starting to find the voice for these characters. Um, and I think that, that Kaz is an awful lot like Ahsoka in this respect where it's like, if you go back and, and like we did over the summer, uh, Matt and I went back and watched season one of, of Clone Wars, Ahsoka's voice is very inconsistent and it definitely gets better towards the end of the season. Like it, it, they, they start to figure out how to use that character, but go back to the movie and Ahsoka is, is, I mean, like you, you will get no argument from me that she's annoying in the first movie. I mean, like I still like the movie, but it like, I don't deny that like the R2E and the, the, the stinky and the sky guy, all, all of that stuff. It's like, it's a little bit much at times. And then they, they realize like, okay, if we just pull back on that a little bit, it kind of, it'll even out and it'll, and it'll, uh, that character will kind of find itself. Right. And as the characters mm-hmm. grow up, they become a little bit, 
a little bit easier to to handle the the comedy bits and the their quirkiness and whatever character sort of aspects you give them. Um, and Kaz is really sort of in the middle of that zone right now. And I think based on the trailer that we saw um, by the end of the season, <clears throat> he's going to have gotten to the point where I think Ahsoka gets to in season two and season three of Clone Wars, where I, where, where, you know, the, the, the goofiness and the cartoonish stuff has kind of faded a little bit into the background and the heroic stuff is a little more more forefront. Um, So that's, that's kind of my hope for Kaz, but I'm with you when you say that like, that's who he is though. Right. Like the goofiness. Yeah. Like, I just hope that, that we get to, it's, I think it's less about the character and it's more about the circumstances. I think the circumstances that he's in right now are very low stakes. So there's opportunity for him to knock over a rack of parts or um, slip on something or, you know, like, uh, you know, burn out the, the, the engine on the fireball or something like that. Like there's, there are, are a lot of opportunities for that in, in, what Matt and I have been referring to as peacetime, right? Um, mm-hmm. The the war hasn't started back up yet. Um, the only one fighting the war right now is is General Organa, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sadly. And 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 I think that is actually supposed to be the point of this first half of the season of of Resistance is. Uh, the rest of the galaxy has moved on. It's not like the reason why it's not Star Wars right now is because there's no war. <laughs> Right. Exactly. But yeah. by the end of this season, um, as we've seen in the trailer, obviously we're going to sync up with the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. At which point, the galaxy will be, I think, thrown back into full scale war as the rest of the galaxy wakes up to what the First Order is and uh, and the and the threat that they pose. Um, and and more systems start joining the resistance, and and the resistance becomes an alliance like the rebellion was. Um, and I think that's that's what Star Wars Resistance will be about. But they had to start here, and I think the biggest thing is that they they have to wait until Episode Nine comes out <laughs> before they can start telling those stories. <laughs> yeah, because like they don't want to kind of spoil the 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 progression of events. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. So it's almost like they, they kind of um, placed this series where they did so that they could burn some time with episodes like, like the one we're going to talk about tonight. I, and get there eventually. And like, yeah, like, so what we are attached to the characters and they, like, there are sort of um, people that we're rooting for going into the war. And then, when they start going clone wars on us and we start losing allies and <laughs> that sort of thing, it'll actually mean a lot more. Than, right. Right. You know, in season one of clone wars, when they were just, here's, here's a new clone. His name is cloney clone. He's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, well, we didn't even bother learning cloney clones name. Cause we knew he was going to die. Um, rookies think, comes um, to mind. I don't know the name of the one that gets eaten by the thing, but one of them yeah. gets eaten by the thing on the asteroids. So, um, yeah. Sadly. Oh, yeah. gosh. That, yeah, the episode still hurts. But um, one of the things that I love about Resistance, too, is just, you know, one of the questions I've always asked is, what do Star Wars characters do on a daily basis? And Resistance is sort of giving us that, and I, that's what I really enjoy yeah. about it. It's like, yeah, it's not all about the war and what's going on with the resistance and whatnot. Yeah. Sometimes it's about, you know, minding a shop for, for two people who are going to visit someone, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I love that because I guess <laughs> we get to see more of what the galaxy is made up of. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of, speaking of, of that part, and we'll talk more about it when we get into the recap, but, um, the whole flicks and orca situation, uh, I'm, I'm currently watching through, I'm, I'm, I'm catching up to the rest of the world and watching, uh, Voltron legendary defender. And, uh, I just watched the episode, uh, earlier today where they reveal that, that Shiro, um, is gay and, and had a relationship and all that. Um, and, uh, and and it's funny because I've been thinking about about Flix and Orca, which is a little bit of a different situation because you're talking about 
two aliens and you know like let's not even get into the 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 science of all that because it is star wars so it's more fantasy than science but um i'm gonna choose to believe (laughs) until lucasfilm or disney flat out says otherwise that flicks and orca are a couple uh and oh for sure right like that's (laughs) tonight's episode this episode dangerous business like that is to me what they're implying with that those couple of lines oh yeah like (laughs) that's what i got too why would you take your business partner to visit your mom like that doesn't (laughs) and like he doesn't like orca doesn't seem like he's really all that that thrilled about going um but but he's also like he's being dutiful which is what you do when you're in a relationship uh you put up with with the in-laws and and whatnot exactly (laughs) and uh, (laughs) and then and then you throw their pit droid into the whole mix and it's just like okay well they they're a weird little family unit that's what they are that's what the three of them are and and they um, have a pet too and they have a pet yeah and and i like it just to me it adds so much flavor to uh to to two already incredible characters so Flix and orca to me are the highlight of star wars resistance thus far um doing <laughs> no small part to bobby moynihan and jim rash i mean i think that they just nail it every time they're on screen um and then those designs uh, are just so fantastic. They and, are, and yeah. uh, learning that Flix is actually a, sort of a repurposing of an old Ewok design. Um, I said from the beginning of the series that uh, the the his like sort of stilt legs felt so authentically like Return of the Jedi puppet star wars to me like that like um like the yasm and and Cy snoodles and and characters like that 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 had those great sort of marionette uh movements and and features and obviously they're they're able to do more with flicks because it's animated but um but he still retains a lot of that sort of character um and just the visual uh, appeal of that and and so to see that it's actually okay it's from one of ralph mccory's designs it makes so much sense now why i love that character's design so much um yeah. and why it feels so authentically star wars right yeah yeah um i cool. always love bobby moynihan's reaction to that yeah. character too yeah. when he first saw it he thought it was the porg and he's like oh man my partner's a porg <laughs> <laughs> always yeah. makes me laugh thinking about it um cool well we'll jump into the recap in just a second but first let's just really briefly talk about uh about these two announcements from the last week this is really the only star wars news that came out in the last sort of seven days um we've got uh, a new tie fighter comic uh which is gonna i, I guess focus on tie fighter pilots uh, go figure um and i <laughs> i think that that's coming out that starts in april right um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's an ongoing, uh, or at least like a mini series. Like there will be a few issues of that um, to dig into. So that's cool. I think that there will be a lot of fans uh, who are really excited about that. Um, and then uh, what's more exciting to me is this uh, the announcement of this Alphabet Squadron novel because um, this is kind of reminding me of back in the day when we had the the X Wing. Uh, uh, sorry, not X-Wing, the Rogue Squadron novels. Oh, yeah. Um, back in the day, like the ones that sort of featured uh, Wedge as the lead character and then and then sort of the supporting cast of of uh, the, the other members of, of Rogue Squadron. Um, mm-hmm. And two of my favorite uh, uh, New Jedi Order novels sort of fall into this, even though they're not technically Rogue Squadron, they were very focused on Rogue Squadron. I think it was... I think it was Dark Tide One and Dark Tide Two um, that were very focused on, again, Rogue Squadron. So the idea of of this uh, Alphabet Squadron, uh, which it took me a second, I was like, Alphabet Squadron. That's kind of a weird title for a for a, a Star, Star Wars, Wars novel. <laughs> and then you and then you look at the silhouettes of the ships in on the cover, and you're like, oh, A wing, B wing, X wing, Y wing. There's a you wing in there like okay i get it they're alphabet squadron because it's all the lettered ships um but then that that confuses me even more because it's like well we know that 
we know that that the alphabet in Star Wars is is Arabesh, right? And so now we're bringing up like each one of the like Arabesh obviously translates directly to English to the English alphabet, but those letters still have their own names. So where did the title like where did X wing, A wing, U wing come from? Um, huh? Yeah, things to think about. Yeah, and well, then, and then you realize that like they don't they don't actually ever really like like call them the different names in the movies. If you, if like I, I think I like they say lock X lock S foils in attack position. So S is a letter, but they don't say like like fly your X wing through that right. Like it's oh I guess Luke says X wing a couple of times, but. Yeah, like like we don't really like nobody says like A wing B wing, uh, in Return of the Jedi. They they're just yeah. they're gold squadron, green squadron, blue squadron, right? Like it's it's sort of done that way. Um, obviously with the yeah, cartoons and stuff. Yeah, I remember the B wing came up in Rebels, and yeah. I don't I don't remember whether they called it by name. I think they probably did, but it's been so long I don't remember. Yeah, so it's like I always like that always has like kind of just just. It just slams into my brain. That's the best way that I can say it. It's just like, I'll just be like, think like, like reading something and then like they, they'll bring it up in that sort of a context. And I'll be like, but they have their own alphabet. Wouldn't they call it Arabesh squadron? But, (laughs) but they can't call it Arabesh squadron because those letters aren't in the Arabesh alphabet. That's like, well, I guess alphabet is a word unto itself, but alphabet also describes like alphabet is alpha beta right like it's right based off of the latin and greek alphabets and so it's just you know it's i find it i i, I just find it to be a, a a snag but uh i probably shouldn't because it's really not that big a deal <laughs> but i'm sure it's going to be a fun novel That's especially putting all that stuff together yeah yeah uh, what if it's just like 300 pages of them explaining where the letters came from. It's <laughs> like, well, how did you call, how did you decide on X-Wing? Well, let me tell you a story. And then it's <laughs> let just, me tell you a story behind that. <laughs> 18 chapters of how they discovered the letter X in the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> the, the sad thing about that, and I don't mean to like, I'm not going to specifically call anybody out because it's a bit of a straw man, but uh, there is somebody out there that wants that novel. That, that that wants that level of minutia and what i always say to those fans is um there's a there's another fandom for you it's called star trek and uh they're they're more than happy to have you uh, <laughs> but that's not how we do things over here in the wars uh it doesn't matter how big a star destroyer is it's big <laughs> it's bigger than a bread box all right that's bigger than an x-wing it's bigger than a millennium falcon that's really all that matters um, <laughs> anyways uh yeah any other is there anything else you wanted to to talk about before we jump into the recap no those were the like the main things that had popped up yeah. recently cool uh well then let's jump into the recap calculate the jump chop <laughs> I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. No! So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. Okay, here we go for Dangerous Business. Written by Eugene Sun and directed by Saul Ruiz. I'm just going to jump right into this first paragraph. Uh, Much to Team Fireball's surprise, Kaz has finished repairs on their namesake ship all by himself. He acquired the necessary parts in a deal with Flix and Orca. While they're away on a trip, he'll watch their shop. Um, so I, th- these are these are taken directly from the StarWars.com episode guides. And um, 
I love what they choose to to focus on for the story uh, in their recaps and uh, and what they leave out because I find that the most important part of this is that yes, Kaz is growing and learning and becoming a better mechanic, but uh, he does actually he is actually putting things together wrong. So yeah, it's kind of <laughs> Tam's kind of like I appreciate the effort, I appreciate the sentiment, but you might want to try putting that in the right way. Um, yeah <laughs> and the piece that he has is almost like it's it's almost like a just a really big battery so i just imagine that it's like it's like a battery with like the positive and negative and he's literally just put a battery in the wrong way which is like <laughs> which has nothing to do with your ability as a mechanic and just everything to do with your ability as a human being to function exactly. right <laughs> and that's the thing with kaz is that like now he has the skills to be a mechanic or at least he's getting there but he's still kaz so he's yeah, still gonna yeah. put the batteries in the wrong way yeah um, he's yeah. still learning and i appreciate that he was he got up way earlier than they did just to finish up mm-hmm. and get that ship up in the air for tam and yeah he made a few mistakes here and there but it's the thought that counts yeah the the thing that i like the most about this scene and i think the reason why it's important is um the this episode's kind of book ended with two things with at the beginning it's got this kind of team fireball family moment and then at the end of the episode it's it's obviously very focused on the first order um and and what what do they need this uh uh mining equipment for right so the beginning and end bookend it with these great sort of mythology world building things. And then the middle of the episode is the silly fun stuff. Right. Um, but the beginning, this scene is so important, I think to where we're at. And I'm glad that we had the break because the break kind of implies that some time has passed and we come back and, and now, like, you know, Kaz has gotten better at, at his work as a mechanic. Um, and more importantly, the team accepts him more now. Uh, Tam's attitude towards him is so different in this scene than it has been the rest of the season. And, and I think that that's really important to see them starting to come together and for Kaz to start to, to find his place uh, in, their, in their family because we're going to have a turn soon where everybody's going to discover that Kaz has been there primarily as a spy for the resistance. Right. Right. And it's going to be really interesting to see who is okay with that and who has problems with it. And um, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that, that some of those allegiances aren't necessarily where we think that they are. Um, Mm. like, I, like, I think that the, my first instinct would be that Tam would be really upset, but that in reality, I think she might actually look back at it and go like, now it all makes sense. You were never a mechanic to begin with. And Yeager, now, now I understand why you've been defending him this whole time. You guys were trying to stop this from happening, right? Stop the first order from gaining a foothold sort of thing. Um, and then on the flip side of that, Niku, you would think it would be really easy going about it, but I can also see a point where Niku would, would say to him, I like, you could have told me at any time. Right. He'd be heard by it. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, cause I think on the social aspect of that, that Niku wouldn't necessarily understand, right? Because he tends to, he tends to, to have a very different idea of, of, sort of the social obligation aspect of relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so I could see him being very hurt and very, very uh, put off by the fact that Kaz has been keeping this secret from him. Um, In particular, because I think keeping the secret could imply, or, or you could like, you wouldn't blame Niku for feeling like Kaz doesn't think that Niku is a good person. Right. Because like what about Niku's character would imply that Niku couldn't be trusted with that secret. Right. Other than the fact that he's a bit of a blabbermouth. But like the the I, th- I think that there's sort of a dynamic there that they could play with. So um, I don't know. I just think that's interesting that that with both of those characters, it could actually go either way. And it'll be interesting to see where that does fall. And I, and I kind of hope that they don't do 
the most obvious things with everybody that that we get a little bit more of a dynamic um right uh, yeah i'm curious to too and the trailer kind of gave me the impression that this conversation might not even happen and things mm-hmm. will just come down very quickly mm-hmm. and they're just going to have to accept the fact that all this stuff is happening and that Kaz is yeah. involved in it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's almost a season two thing that like in the, in the wake of everything, they'll be like, well, like that, that somebody might be like, well, wait, why are we taking orders from this guy? He was lying to us for six months. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like that sort of thing. And, and, and I mean, like, I think that it'll be really interesting to see how the aces fold into all of this and everything. But I, uh, but in any case, where we're at right now with the Fireball team is that they've really accepted Kaz and brought him into the fold, um, and uh, and and I think the the absolute most important part of that is that Kaz is now living up to his obligations, and that's something that wasn't true of him in the first five episodes of the of the series. He was very much focused on the spy thing and neglecting. Um, his responsibility to the rest of this team and not really realizing that he was affecting their lives by being part of the team and not pulling his weight um, and kind of getting in the way and causing problems and all that sort of thing. So now um, he's, he's realized what an important part he plays and that when he lets them down, that it's actually, he's actually hurting people that he cares about. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I like, uh, I've I've been saying since since last week, uh, Kaz is gonna have to do a lot of growing up in order to become the the leader within the resistance that I think that 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 they're painting him to be, um, and this is a really big step in that direction. Um, it is that's uh, it, that is a leader leadership quality of you know like when good leaders don't let their teams down right they they're there's a there's a book called uh, uh, Leaders Eat Last. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like that's sort of the idea um, here, and uh, and and Kaz is starting to finally realize that, and he's actually starting to act his age a little bit, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah, nice. exactly, yeah. Um, do you want to continue with the next the next little chunk? Sure, sure. Uh, the opposite personality shop owners brief Kaz before they leave to visit Flix's mother. In addition to instructions on care for their pet por- gorg, I was going to say porg, pet gorg bitey and taking customers' money, they stress that Kaz not sell, touch, or look at anything in the back room. Which means that obviously something's going to happen with something in the exactly. back room. Right? <laughs> you're like, you're it's like, like, you know, that's where they're going to go. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that is a smoking Chekhov's gun, if I've ever seen one. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Everything is super easy and casual, except for the stuff in the back room. That's a story point back there. So don't <laughs> let anybody, don't let anybody start a story in the middle of taking care of our shop. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a. I mean, like, let me remind everybody listening to this once again that Star Wars is for kids, and that Resistance in particular is an animated show for kids on the Disney channel. So, you know, just remember that the storytelling is not necessarily always going to be, um, super nuanced. I mean, it is the, the, the part that we talked about earlier about, uh, uh, Flix and Orca visiting Flix's mother. That's very subtle and very nuanced for those of us, uh, for, for the adults (laughs) watching the show. Um, but the, the plot is going to be very kid friendly. (laughs) So exactly. yeah. 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 Um, and that's not such a bad thing. No, it's you know, not. We'll at all. just we just have to roll with it. Look, the plot of the original Star Wars is uh, there's a battle station that blows up planets, and you have to stop it. That's that's really that's the plot, and uh, that's all it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, and so like you know, uh, Star Wars is pretty simple when it comes down to it. There are bad guys, and they need to be stopped. So in this instance, there's a back room and it needs to be protected. And, uh, of course, Kaz is not going to be able to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll continue. And, uh, and I love that. Oh, no, I just wanted to say yeah. I love that with every interaction that he has with a customer, they tell him that they he has to take their money. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. Just take their money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the sort of repetitiveness of, uh, like, if, if they do this 
take their money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they want this, take their money and then give them the thing. I, I'll continue here. Uh, soon customers begin to arrive, including the demanding Terraj Key, who becomes angry when Kaz refuses to sell him a phase connector. Finally, he selects some other items and asks Kaz to deliver them to loading dock 23. Um, it's very obvious right from the get-go that this guy is nefarious, right? I mean, like... Of course, yeah. The, the second that he finds out that there's something in the back room, he's uh, you can tell that he's just trying to get rid of Kaz um, in order to get yeah. in Yeah. And just the fact that he showed up saying, you know... I thought the, sh- the ship was the shop was going to be closed today, and it's like, well, yeah. it's open. Uh, you should be happy by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which definitely, like, in, uh, towards the end of the episode, it's like, well, obviously he was up to no good even when he first showed up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I love this design, um, and and uh, the the uh, is it Resistance Rewind? Is that what they call it? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It it shows that uh, this this species is actually featured in uh, the Last Jedi, uh, one of the aliens uh, in the casino on Canto Bight, um, and actually, like I would say, one of the aliens that really stood out to me, um, and uh, and and looks great on Resistance. That's one of my favorite things about Resistance is is how it's brought together a lot of. Um, uh, original trilogy and uh, uh, prequel era alien species and designs with sequel stuff, and it kind of mashes it all together. And the and the Colossus is this great sort of uh, uh, fruit cup of all these different alien species. Um, That's the perfect way to describe it. And yeah. I wish we could see that a bit more in the movies themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it is always a little bit annoying that like the resistance and the the rebellion, uh, they always tend to kind of be like, well, it's like ninety percent humans, and then there's the occasional here's one of these and here's one of those, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you want to continue? Yes, um, but it was all a trick. When Kaz brings the order, Taraj is waiting with a blaster. The alien locks Kaz in a crate and commands it dropped into the ocean. Um, I I wasn't expecting quite this aggressive an approach from Taraj. Uh, I I thought like he was gonna you know get Kaz to go deliver the thing, and while he was out delivering it, he would steal the stuff. Um, uh-huh. But uh, but no, Taraj is like a straight up bad guy here, and he's like, no no, yeah. I'll shoot you if you don't do what I say. And you're like, oh okay, yeah, this guy's this this guy's a bad guy, um, and he means business. Yeah, <laughs> dangerous business. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna keep going here. Uh, the shady Taraj goes back to Flix and Orca's shop. He cackles as he enters the back room, looking to steal the phase connector. BB-8 tries to stop him, but Taraj pins the droid beneath a fallen shelf. And I uh, let me just say, this episode is a standout episode, specifically for BB-8's heroics. Um, yeah, <laughs> he reminded me of Indiana Jones uh, at at parts. Um, the way that he swings, like he shoots his cable up and then swings into Taraj, and you're like, "Yeah, BB-8, he's gonna do it!" And then he like just hits him, and Taraj barely moves. <laughs> so then the little thing pops out and like kind of sucker punches him in the chin. I'm just like, "Yeah, that's BB-8. He's uh." It's really hard to say that that like BB-8 is better than R2 or that I like him more or anything like that because obviously R2 is R2-D2. But um, there are just so many things about BB-8's character and the way that he behaves that like he is – he's very much like R2. But there are also places where like where BB-8 is R2 on steroids. Like, <laughs> like he takes it another step further because R2's – fairly passive i mean like i would say in in um i revenge of the sith he uh he he definitely has some heroic moments but uh but for a lot of the the saga he's he's more of an observer and sort of a a, a an assist than he is a goal scorer himself but uh but bb8 really likes to get in there especially in the last jedi and uh and in star wars resistance he's uh He's not afraid to get his hands dirty or his little, exactly. his little yeah. uh, toolkits dirty. 
Um, it's uh, it's very Chopper like of him. I feel yes. like Chopper would definitely have taken out Terachki though. <laughs> yeah, I, that is that is absolutely true. Like Chopper would have, like the Taraj wouldn't have gotten away with the face connector at all, because no, Chopper no. would have done whatever it took. And uh, more than likely, actually, somebody would have had to pull Chopper off of Taraj, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or something even worse might have happened to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, at the loading dock, Kaz desperate, desperately tries to escape. Thanks to some quick thinking, he burns the lock away, grabbing onto the loading dock's cable before the crate plummets into the waters below. I'm just going to keep going here. Uh, Kaz tracks down Taraj and finds that he is in league with the First Order. Matters become more complicated when Taraj's ship takes off. However, with Kaz stowed away. Kaz decides to bring the whole craft down, but he needs something sharp to cut through its wiring. Bitey the Gorg proves to be the perfect tool. Um, I like that, that, that Bitey is a bit of a sidekick in this episode. Um, yeah. I think he's the VIP in this episode, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess he does save the day, right? Like, this is kind of the moment where it's like, oh, how, how can I do this? And uh, and Bitey does the job. And he does it He does it with, uh, with grace. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> you expect him to, like, bite into it and, like, get zapped. And it turns out that he actually doesn't mind. Uh, and he actually likes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you'll, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this, I, I actually, I don't know. If I uh, if the the album art shows up necessarily on on everything, but um, I do put specific album art on each episode, um, and uh, and for this one I did I did focus on that. Uh, there's a great shot in the um, in the episode guide of of Bitey when he kind of when the when um, the first order guys come up to the to the sparking wires and, uh, and Bitey just kind of turns around and gives them a look. I, uh, I, uh, and that's, it's such, it's so great. I love that moment. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, so I had to use it as the, as the, the, the key image for this episode. Um, yeah. 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 And then as explosions rock the ship, Kaz makes it out on an escape pod with Bitey hitching a ride on top. <laughs> Meanwhile, Taraj contacts Commander Pyre, informing the First Order Enforcer that he has he that his fa- oh my gosh that he failed his mission. <laughs> um, do you ever get the feeling that Commander Pyre is literally just there because they can't have Gwendolyn Christie in in every episode that they need a. I, I, I first order officer. To yeah, talk to. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that being the case. It, but I also I've kind of I've grown to like Commander Pyre mm-hmm. because Liam McIntyre does a great job at voicing that character. And I have a feeling they got yeah. the Pyre part from his from his last name. Mm. <laughs> McIntyre. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love the character. It's one of those things of like. Like he's often just a talking head. Um and that to me, like it's, I, I don't know, it just kind of feels like a bit of a waste. Um, my hope is that is that we, um, in the next uh, saga film in episode nine, that that maybe we get to see a little bit more of these types of officers within the first order, because so far all we've really seen are are troopers, and like we've seen different types of troopers, but then Phasma is is obviously stand out with the 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 silver armor. Mm-hmm. And then Pyre is a standout with the gold armor, uh, but I would like to see that in the movies where we see that like oh some of these some of these groups are actually being led by these commanders, um, and so that we know like oh Commander Pyre is important, but he's not necessarily special in the way that Captain Phasma is special, right? Mm. Um, and sort of see like what that hierarchy looks like. It's sort of to me it's the difference between like I uh, I. Uh, commander cody uh and a captain rex and and you know uh like an alpha uh if we Mm -hmm. go into the legend stuff right like like sort of where where are these different levels of the clone troopers um because obviously that becomes very important within clone wars uh in sort of knowing you know who's who's gonna be formidable as a as a foe um and who's just kind of a you know your average 
your average enemy. Um, yeah, yeah. And it would be interesting to see whether, I mean, I mean, given what happened to Phasma in The Last mm-hmm. Jedi, if, if Commander Pyre actually becomes promoted and yeah. that we see him in in the movie in episode nine that would be amazing yeah right and that like the, i always love it when they can create that connective tissue between the animated stuff and the films um and obviously uh chopper appearing in in rogue one and the ghost uh, in rogue one as well it it for those of us who are hardcore about the animated stuff i think it validates the sort of the amount of time that we put into it <laughs> that it's like, okay, yeah, the, the, these, this counts for something in the movies as well. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, one of those, one of the, 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 I guess the, the, the biggest thing that we missed when we were talking about alphabet squadron is, um, the, the tweet that, that sort of let the cat out of the bag that, uh, general Harris and is, is a general in the, uh, in the new Republic, that's um, right. Yeah. And the the big question there is I come uh the sequel era where's Hera and where is the ghost, right? Um because for those of us who care about that stuff, it's like it is it's, it's to me it's as important as the Falcon at this point. It's like Same. we, we yeah. know where the Falcon is, we know who has the Falcon, who's piloting the Falcon. What about the ghost? Is the ghost still flying missions? Uh, is it is it part of the the New Republic? Is it part of the Resistance? Um, and obviously, post uh, the Force Awakens with with Starkiller Base taking out uh, Hosnian Prime and the majority of the Re- New Republic fleet, you know the 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 hope is that is that Hera, um, Jason, and the Ghost, along with you know Chopper and whoever else are still out there and um and 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 can join in the fight because uh, it would be really great to see where those characters are at and have them come back um, mm-hmm. but something tells me that we won't find out until we find out where ezra is so. oh gosh yeah we need to know <laughs> which which again until somebody tells me otherwise i have a whole story and that's what i'm going to choose to believe and i don't care if there's canon that says that chiss can't grow facial hair i think that thrawn looks great with a beard so you won't you won't convince me otherwise uh, <laughs> i support this <laughs> Uh, let me finish up here. Uh, when Flix and Orca return, they're pleased that Kaz has stopped Taraj and explained that phase connectors are used to crack open asteroids and small planetoids for mining. Later, Kaz says he'll get a message to Poe that the First Order is after one of the devices. They could want to drill more Deadlinite or something else. Uh, and obviously, obviously, come on. Uh, this is uh, this is all connected to Starkiller Base. Starkiller Base, yeah. Um, this is like in season one of Rebels when they're, uh, or is, uh, maybe it's season two when they when they blow up that one shipment and the and the ship that they blow the cargo ship that they blow up explodes in like green lightning and you're like, well, obviously that had kyber crystals on it for the Death Star. That's exactly that's, yeah. that's it's very clear to me what that was. Even though the characters don't know anything about it, it's like as viewers. We should know these things. <laughs> so this is the same yeah. sort of thing. It's like, yeah, this is uh, this is part of the first order. Uh, yeah, it gave uh, me Sagarera vibes with them yeah. trying to chase after evidence and things that you know are leading up to it, but they yeah. really don't know what it is yet. And they're and they're way too late at that point, right? It's, oh, and yeah. it's the same in this situation. I mean, like we know that the series takes place six months before or started six months before. The Force Awakens. So presumably, a significant amount of that time has passed. We're halfway through it. So I uh, we're a couple months away from Starkiller Base being fully operational. It's way too late to start finding evidence that the First Order is up to something now because they're basically ready to attack. Um, and that's it. Was the same with like Sagarera and Rogue One. It's like it's like oh we know we know that they're up to something. And it's like yeah, uh, they're about to blow you up with it. <laughs> that's what they're <laughs> up to. They're they're actually up there right now, and they're uh, preparing to fire the laser. Yeah, uh, they like to think they have more time, but yeah. from us, you know, out here observing the story yeah. happening, we already know that time is up. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, like this was a pretty good episode. I think uh, it, it's, uh, it definitely says to me that they're, they're figuring out what the tone of resistance is. Um, and I think that there was a little bit of a learning curve with Dave going off to do other things, work on other projects, namely, I think Mandalorian. I think that's what, I think that's what pulled him away from the last season of Star Wars Rebels. Um, you mean it's not an Ezra show with a bearded Thrawn? <laughs> I, you know, I think that that is something that is in very early pre-production, as in like Dave has ideas. <laughs> but I think that we're gonna do Resistance right now, and it might be a little. And obviously, uh, Clone Wars has to get uh, closed out um, at the end of this year. Um, with those final few episodes. Uh, and then I think Dave will have the ability to, to step back into whatever story he wants to tell with Sabine, uh, Ahsoka and, and Ezra. Um, but hopefully it involves Ezra taking on a Padawan on a distant alien planet and learning to live alongside Thrawn and the two of them becoming, a bit of an odd couple that's yeah that's that's my greatest hope and and uh you know the the one thing that you always worry about when you put something like that out there is that like there's the thing of like you know you can't you, uh they if you send a script like uh, an unsolicited script to a studio they'll often just send it back to you unopened like just a return to sender um mm-hmm. especially when it's for an existing property because if they opened it and read it and then anything in something that they produce is even remotely the same as what you sent you have like legal recourse to say like that was my idea and they stole it without paying me exactly so when you put things out on the internet like on twitter like i did it's like i want dave filoni to read that and then tell me that that i came up with a good story that he likes because i want that validation i want that like affirmation of like yeah you're you're a good star wars fan right (laughs) but at the same time like i don't want dave to ever see any of that because if it's anywhere near what he wants to do i don't want it to stop him from being able to do that so it's a bit of a catch-22 but yeah yeah sadly (laughs) (laughs) um let's jump into the mailbag real quick and see what uh what others thought about this episode i uh marty ailman over uh on twitter at dharmit studios uh posted uh a reply to us and said i did not like last week's episode despite what you said in the last show it was too uneven tonally not a filler episode but still too goofy This week's episode was more evenly balanced with the comedy and the stakes. Kaz being more proactive than reactive is also a plus. So, uh, Martin, he's, he's kind of, he's there with us, but not all the way. Cause last, I really liked last week's episode. Um, it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite of the season so far. Um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which I know is, I, I think that I'm, I'm not necessarily on my own with that, but I think I'm, I'm in the minority with that. I just thought that, um, the the starfighter stuff with the aces and the fireball was fantastic and really oh that's true it was really mm-hmm. great to finally get to see that and to see Kaz fly with them and and the dynamic there and and see that all come together um the 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 mother rachna was incredible and some of those shots were as good as anything in the movies, in my opinion. Um, that sh- I, I agree on that too, because I, I especially them being on the water, I, yeah. I love the idea of there being like swashbuckling stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> like how you would see in a pirates movie. Yeah. And that was certainly yeah. one of those yeah. details that I wanted to see. Yeah, like the sheer scale of the Rachna when it comes out of the water at the end of the episode to to take back the baby Rachna from from Niku. That shot is just so expertly done and um uh, it just i it just worked so well for me um and then the comedy niku's comedy stuff i thought was was perfect like just totally pitch perfect for me um and i and and as i said on last week's episode i think that niku is better suited to the comedy than any of the other characters um and and he he pulls it off the best Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. But I will say, like this week's episode was great as well, and and Kaz was great in it, um, and and their 
they're just I think I really think I, I, to say it again that they're honing in on what the voice of these individual characters is and and they're really starting to 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 figure out how the show works and what the dynamic is for each of them and and sort of how that all goes together. So um so yeah, I mean like I also I, I hope that it's just getting better and better as this season progresses, right? Yeah, yeah. And I also like how this is more of like um you can consider this a more transitional episode because it Cass has got to start doing things without BB eight being there because we know BB eight won't be there much longer. Yeah. Since he you know, jumps into the uh, the Force Awakens timeline. So yeah. it was great to see Kaz work on his own and figure things out on his own without BB-8 being there to help save the day or mm-hmm. notice something that Kaz wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Well, and I think that we've already been introduced to BB-8's replacement, right? Uh, the, yes. The other yeah. uh, Rolly droid. I can't remember the, the its designation, but... Um, CB-23. CB-23, okay. Yeah, because um, we actually see in the trailer that that droid is with Kaz uh, during the attack on the Colossus, right? So, um, at some point, which is, that's one of the things that leads me to believe that the Starkiller base attack on Hosnian prime happens before the end of the season. It won't be like the last thing that happens. It's going to happen maybe at the beginning of the season finale, or maybe in the episode before the, uh, there'll be a one hour series finale, right? Uh, season finale. Oh we, yeah. Yeah. Kind of know that. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I, I, I mean, like, how many episodes are left in the season? I guess we got about eight episodes left. Maybe uh, around there. Ten, no, it's twenty-two, right? So we've got ten episodes left. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like that kind of perfectly syncs up with Star Wars Celebration. It's almost like they plan these things. I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if, if, if you guys get to see. Either the one-hour season finale early, or as they want to do, you get to see the season premiere of season two super early, um, which always bothers me when I'm not there, and that's what happens. Aww. But I, I, you know, either way, we're gonna have you on the podcast after celebration, right, to talk about that stuff. So uh, yeah. you'll you'll be able to report back to us because I'm sure that you're gonna be in those in those yes, reporting screens. for duty. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I like I, as we get closer to the end of the season, I think some of the stuff will become more clear. But, uh, but I think you're right. I mean, like at a certain point, Kaz has to be able to do this stuff on his own. And I think more importantly, at a certain point, Kaz won't be on his own anymore because the First Order is going to take over the Colossus and the rest of them are going to join him in fighting for the Colossus. Um, and then I think next season will be a lot of them defending the Colossus while using it as a base of operations for their resistance cell, right? So we'll get into a little bit more of a Star Wars Rebels season two, season three sort of vibe. I guess really like that season three, that Adalon season where where they're really sort of striking from that base and doing missions all over the galaxy. Um, that's my hope. That's that's Yeah, that's, that's a great comparison. Um, cool. And then our last, uh, our last little tidbit here is from truth to legends over on Instagram. Uh, I think it was a pretty fun episode. Kaz is definitely growing as a character and bitey was amazing. So I think we're, <laughs> I think we're all in agreement with that review of the episode. Yeah. Bitey, um, bitey was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, well next week's episode sounds like it's going to be a good one. Uh, the Doza Dilemma. Sonara settles into life on the platform, but her pirate compatriots have other plans for her. I wonder if they could have added just one or two more words with the letter P in there. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a very Sinara-focused episode, which I think is cool. Uh, we've obviously been building to something with that character. Um and I really like that character. I, Sinara it, it was a bit of a turning point, like when that character showed up. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's when the that's when the series really started to get interesting. So, um, so I'm excited to see where her story's going because I think after the last couple of adventures, she's starting to realize that her pirate friends might not be so much friends as they are, uh, uh, you know just kind of you not necessarily like using her i guess in this context but um 
that they wouldn't necessarily come back for her if uh, if she wasn't of value to them. But exactly, uh, yeah. But that her friends on the Colossus obviously care. Um, so so we'll see where that goes. I uh, and uh, and if uh, if she's gonna get discovered as a pirate spy in this one. Yeah, and whether and whether she'll and if she does, if she joins Kaz and his. Mm-hmm. And his team on the Colossus, whether she will reveal the connection between the First Order and the pirates. Yeah, uh, yeah, and because I think that that's a that is one of the big pieces, right? That uh, 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 Kaz is missing. Yeah, that uh, the, this whole idea that the pirates are being used to trick Doza into allowing the First Order onto the onto the platform. Um, and I think that I think that that she's not going to reveal that because I think that we have to see the story progress a little bit further. Oh, yeah, that would be that too, happens, too but, fast, too quick. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll find out next week um, before I wrap things up. Uh, uh, Jonah, do you want to plug your podcast, your sites, whatever? Where, where can people find you on the Internet? Sure. So people can find me over on Twitter with the handle at Blue Jag Eyes, and they can also read up on anything that I write over at thewookiegunner.com, and that's Wookie with two E's. <laughs> and they can also hear me and my mom talk about resistance and a few other geeky things along the way um, over at Geeky Bubble, the Geeky Bubble podcast, and they can find more information about that over on my Twitter. Awesome. Uh, cool. Well, thank you for filling in for Matt. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, Sweet. Thank you. Uh, cool. I, well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. I... Oh, and Instagram as well. Follow us on Instagram at Rebel Cells, and you can follow me on Instagram at ArcWolf. Um, and you guys know that we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com and picking up some awesome merchandise. I uh, like, you know, uh, uh, you can get a mug, you get a pillow, you get, uh, my favorite thing to pitch is, or to plug is always the, the, uh, you can get a, like a duvet, like a, like a quilt bed cover with a podcast logo on it and be That's super cool. nerdy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and the other way to support us is over on Patreon at patreon.com slash thunderquack. Uh, and if you uh, chip in over there, you'll get access to cool things like the Thunderquack podcast and our exclusive group over on Facebook. So head to patreon.com slash thunderquack to learn more about that. Thank you to everybody who does support us. Uh, thank you again, Jonah Marie, for joining us this week. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with the Doza Dilemma. <laughs>